Warning. This episode contains strong language, graphic depictions of violence and death that may be disturbing for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. True crimes, freaks, and geeks. This is Shelly. My name is Brandon. My name's Michaela. And I'm Sam. And you're listening to A Beer, A Crime, A Tale. <laughs> see? See? Okay. So at me. <laughs> that's what I said last podcast. So we get we ended up giving Michaela, which is one of our new newest guests. We and gave the her the nitro pumpkin <laughs> coffee one for her to try. Cold brew coffee. Cold brew coffee. And then growled at her too. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's a monster inside oh. of there. Oh my god, that's tart. Brandon gave me the Bud Light Seltzer. 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 Hard soda. It's, it's, it's the soda. newest Bud Light Seltzer. Oh my um, god. It does not taste like, like Seltzer. It's like extreme orange. Like. Like sour orange. Ooh. Ugh. I know. Yeah, I just tasted mine too. I got lime. <laughs> Yours is soda. supposed to be like sprite flavored. Is yeah. it? No, it's not. No, like... it's ass flavored. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. You enjoy that after right. you can. All right. Taste it. Michaela's tasting it. Oh! Oh, immediately hits her in the face. Immediately, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Brayden's reaction was last week, too. I he kept trying to drink it, and then afterwards he's like, no, it's good. It's good, as he's dumping it down the drain. <laughs> Are there instructions on how to properly drink this? Because it's not good. <laughs> you throw it in the trash. Huh? You drink it. <laughs> it's frothy. Yeah, I literally, after the podcast, I was, I was just pouring it down the drain. Just, yeah, it's super good. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. Uh, Oh, hairspray. <laughs> oh my god, Coffee I don't even know why I'm continuing to torture myself with this one. That is you know, wrong. I'm gonna, I'm Am I gonna... the only one that actually has something good to drink? Yes. <laughs> well, you aren't really drinking. No, I'm not drinking. It's just, it's peach nectarine Red Bull. But... <laughs> yeah, it's just gonna gag you. If you want, you don't have to drink it. It's I'm not gonna, gonna drink like it. Oh. I got like, maybe a fourth of the way. Hopefully down. these are better. <laughs> Yeah, you can go ahead way, and open if up. You want to open up a different one? We're gonna do the cola one. <laughs> we'll have the super delayed pop top. I feel like the cherry cola sounds promising. Yeah, it's probably not gonna be super sour. Like, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> no, it smells like cherry cola. It's not bad. I can't tell if it's because I still have the. You can just, drink you the just pumpkin. Walk it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Straight. Shit coated her mouth. <laughs> That's Fucking better. Shit. Okay, I'll try. It's it. better. I don't like the mix. Okay, it, it's better than mine. Yeah, but I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, I don't Is know. Because it, it tastes like Bud Light. No, that's the thing. It doesn't taste like Bud Light. It doesn't at all. taste like Bud Light at all. It's just, just cherry Coke. Like, do you want a sip of this one? No. Okay. <laughs> it's weird. All right. All right, I have a very gory, very graphic, crazy story about the Kansas City Butcher. The Kansas City Butcher? Yeah, and I do mean it's super graphically bad. We're talking rape, torture, obviously murder, because he's a Kansas City Butcher. 
So if this is like not your cup of tea, go find a happier. Go fuck off. No, no <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We love you. <laughs> we literally just started getting like more like downloaders. Like we have oh, one from yeah. India, Japan, Australia, and you tell them to fuck off. Listen, and then you traumatize them with the Kansas City butcher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I feel like if they're listening to this, they're used to true crime already. So they yeah. know what they're getting themselves True. into. Yeah, but this one's, like, super graphic. So if these things are a little bit sensitive, go find, like... Well, I think we have, like, what is it? We have a couple of ones that are, like, disappearances and things like that, which yeah. are happier. No, they're not happier. Whatever they're I'm trying to say. They're less... less they're less not gory. terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> less go watch gory. the one with the, the mummy in Knoxville. Go watch that one. Or listen. <laughs> Or because listen, you can't listen see anything yet. Yeah, we're in the works of that, though. We're, we're trying to set up a room, maybe, to um, record in. That way we can put some stuff up with YouTube. That way you can see our beautiful faces. Okay. We don't want to torture them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough torture in the story. So we'll just... <laughs> All, right. All right, let's get into the uh, Kansas City Butcher. So, Robert... Andrew Bardello Jr. was born January 31st, 1949, and I'm going to slaughter this poor town's name. I think it's Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. Cuyahoga. Yeah, go Ohio. <laughs> to Robert and Mary Bardella. He was the first born of, the, of two sons, but he was like seven years older than his brother. His family was Catholic Italians who regularly attended Mass, and they did, like, the religious education courses, too. So gotcha. I, I think when they described it like that, it almost sounded like he possibly went to kind of, like, a Catholic school. I'm just guessing. I'm sure it doesn't didn't go into details about it. He was considered a loner as a child, and that was because he had a speech impediment, and he wore really thick glasses since the age of five. So I was a kid that wore glasses, but... Are they thick, though? I don't know. I'm pretty blind. I don't I would say maybe. You are. I mean, if I take them off, I can't see shit. It's so. like an inch thick. Okay, that's a little thick. like... Okay. <laughs> Was it like bubbles? It's so thick. <laughs> 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 yeah, bubbles off of Trailer oh Park Boys. Um, <laughs> kind of glasses. Wow. I didn't think about that, but... I actually didn't see any pictures of him with his glasses on, so... Damn. Maybe he took them off and... I don't we'll know. We'll try to find one. He was yeah. probably self-conscious about the glasses, so he took them off. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. It's possible. <laughs> so Robert and his brother David were complete opposites of each other. David was like the athletic type. Robert was not. He, but he was really intelligent. However, his father supported sports over intelligence and would compare the brothers constantly. And Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not hell yeah. No. <laughs> he actually considered Robert to be a failure between the two boys. So um, it also was reported that he was pretty abusive and would beat the boys with a leather strap. That's not bad. So I mean, it, it could it's be not worse. Great. I mean, who wants to go home and get beaten with a leather strap? Some people might like it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it right now. <laughs> you didn't need to know what you were into, Brandon. Anyways. <laughs> so um, besides his... Uh, wonderful home life in school robert was bullied this made him really withdrawn and aloof until he started to get like later in his teens and then he started to become kind of basically a rude asshole and started to be condescending to the women and that's probably because at this time he knew he was a homosexual but then he tried to hide it you know with having girlfriends and i can't believe he had a girlfriend when he's a condescending asshole to women damn 
So some that, women <laughs> absolutely love that. Did, when I men know. are assholes to women, sometimes women love them. Oh, that's what, like a degradation kink? Like, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> like, 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 if in they're high into school it, then shit. yes, but... They just didn't know that that's what it was because they're in school. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> call me a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know why, but I like it when you call me a dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it makes my day. Tell me I'm stupid. <laughs> Wow, there's so much foreplay in here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, on to the story. (laughs) So when he was 16, the Bardello family went to visit relatives for Christmas. And during this visit, his dad suffered a heart attack. Um, And he passed away. He didn't handle the death very well. And he tried to seek help from his religion, but then later started exploring multiple different religions which ended up making him just cynical to religion altogether. Yeah. So he kind of basically quit. Eh. Yeah. Screw it. Quit with the whole religion. Gotcha. Healed. So shortly after his death, his mother remarried. Robert saw this as a betrayal to his father. And he became even more withdrawn and resorted to focusing on hobbies, hobbies such as painting, stamp collecting, coin collecting, and writing to foreign pen pals. Excuse me, what? Yeah. He was really into foreign pen pals. And this is the, like, so this cool. This is the guy that... Later becomes crazy, yes. Okay. So the foreign <laughs> pen pals would send him stuff, and he grew this, like, massive collection of shit, basically. That's kind of cool, though. It is. I mean, like... Yeah. So, and this eventually became the foundation for a store that he's going to open up in 1982. Which... Gotcha. Yeah. So after he graduated in 1966, he relocated to Kansas City, Missouri. And enrolled in the Kansas City Art Institute, and his goal was basically to become a professor. But he became a butcher. Oh, well, he had goals. <laughs> he had life goals. He yeah. had life goals. He, he didn't had complete ambitions. Them. What happened? He didn't complete them. But... Well, let's <laughs> let's get into this. <laughs> Love for women. And... So he did really well his first year, but his second year he got wrapped up in the um, drug scene and started selling drugs to other students. He became known to the other students as their local drug dealer. And what are you doing? I took a drink and it, it just hit me some for some reason. Oh, okay. sent chills up my body. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So part of besides becoming the local drug dealer, he started torturing animals and started torturing them in front of his peers. And he would what? use, yeah, so he was part of, like, the Art Institute, and he would actually, like, I'm putting this in quotes, like, this would be part of, like, his experimental art projects, torturing animals. And it was reported that he tortured a duck and a chicken. He used tranquilizers and sedatives on dogs. What it, the fuck? Yeah, it was really messed up. So when he was 19, he accidentally tried selling meth to an undercover cop. So, yeah, he was arrested. And he pled nice. guilty. And was given a five-year suspended sentence. But while he was on probation, the dumbass got caught with marijuana and LSD. Oh my gosh. So he spent a whopping five days in prison. Huh. Or jail, not prison. <laughs> jail. Before the case was jo- dropped for lack of evidence. I don't really know how to have lack of evidence. Do all, like, serial killer crazy people at some point just want to torture animals? That's or- a Well, that's a sign that... That you have problems because Jeffrey Dahmer tortured animals to start with, and 
But you know, like lots of serial killers start by like, <laughs> but it's like that torturing and killing small animals <clears throat> before they're like, you know what, I want to kill something bigger. Yeah. Unless you're the son of Sam. You gotta grow. The dog is talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. The son of Sam is like, hey, the neighbor's dog's telling me to kill people. Yeah. So I did it. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Gotta do what the dog says. <laughs> so, the dog so, talks to you. You gotta listen. <laughs> Buy me drugs. <laughs> Tell me I'm stupid. In 1969, Robert withdrew from Kansas City <coughs> Institute, and at this point, he was now openly gay. And he spent a lot of his time with male prostitutes, runaways, drug addicts, and petty criminals. That's not good company. No, not really. He bought a house in the Hyde Park area, and it was located at 4315 Charlotte Street. This was a large two-story Victorian-style home. So while he was befriending these kind of mix of you know, quality individuals. He would also invite them to his home. And then he would, uh-huh. but he was actually kind of nice. He would then try to help them get off the streets, get off drugs. Um, huh. The drug dealer tried to get them off drugs? Yeah, well, he's not a drug dealer anymore. He's decided to, you he know, just torture him. He changed his ways, okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. Sam? <laughs> he did change he's his different ways. Now. Because okay. his neighbors thought he was a great guy. Kind of like a foster parent to troubled individuals is how they described it. <laughs> I would no. Yeah. No. What was that address? Uh, forty three fifteen Charlotte Street. I will go there tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> well, wait till the other story. <laughs> Did they take the house down? You are trying to ruin everything. <laughs> I'm just foreshadowing. Okay. I'm just assuming. Don't don't they do that with like a lot of the killers and stuff? They just. Remove the property. Oh, his like we'll get to it. That's at the okay. end of the story. Okay. Don't ruin it for the listeners. I won't. The Kansas side of the Missouri. It's not showing up. <laughs> it's not there. <laughs> Brandon ruined the whole thing Where's for everybody. <laughs> All right. So his neighbors thought he was a great guy. However, they didn't realize what was going on in the house, and Bardello would establish a sexual relationship with all these men by con- having control over them. Like, he would let them live there rent-free or loan them large sums of money as long as he got sexual favors for it. He's a, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kind that's of a crazy. Jerk. So his neighbors also described him as flamboyant and kind of haughty. It's literally haughty. Haughty at times. Such a not a haughty, <laughs> not like that. Haughty. Haughty. Proceed. But even though they kind of like described him as that, he was like, he didn't keep his property. Like, up, he didn't upkeep it. Right. It was like covered with weeds and kind of trash. And yeah. He also helped start the South Hyde Park Crime Prevention and Neighborhood Association. Yeah, which was basically the neighborhood watch program. And he helped like head that up too. Yeah, too. So um he would also represent the really long title of the program for different fundraisers and he was on television, like raising stuff for his uh, neighborhood watch program. Hmm. To make money, he was a short order cook, short order cook. And ran a side business from his home, selling the art and antiques that he was acquiring from his pen pals overseas. They sent him, like, gifts and stuff? Yeah. He would ask for the gifts, and they would send it to him. 
I know. I need to do that. When I was a kid, I had a pen pal from Russia, and she would actually send me random stuff. I mean, we've got some letters in South Africa and India and Japan, so. Send us things. We don't have a PO. We don't have a PO. It's just randomly sent it to the universe. And I'm not blurting out my address. Um, it's forty-three fifteen. No, like she sent me like little things, like it would be like buttons or coins or like just little stuff like that. Oh, I don't think I have any of it. Wow, <laughs> I was ter- <laughs> I was a terrible pen. I was like, what a Somebody's good friend you were. I was absolutely a horrible pen. <laughs> I hope she's listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't hit your up yet. She's okay? like, that bitch. <laughs> So um, he was actually doing really good with both um, the being a head chef, chef and with his um, business. And um, when he decided to like eventually expand his chef situation by teaching at a community college. So his goal was to become a professor. He just didn't do it with art. He did with cooking. This dude's such a nice guy. Yeah. Other than the How animal portrait. And yeah. fit all this stuff into his... One lifetime. One lifetime. Like, so much stuff. I have I no know. idea. I feel like I'm failing. That's now. like, who has the time? Like, he went from <laughs> drug addict to not drug addict to animal torture. Animal torture. To back to drug water. addict. But he eventually stops torturing animals. I mean, eventually it goes to humans. But he does stop torturing animals and he gets two dogs and he treats them well, from what that I heard. That does step up. And then he takes like seven steps back. That's yeah. <laughs> At least he stopped with One the animals. One step forward, seven steps back. Animals are better than people, yeah. so. <laughs> so besides becoming a head chef in the Kansas City area, teaching cooking at community colleges, his side business from home was doing so good. He was able to open up his own booth at a flea market called Bob's Bazaar. Bob's Bazaar Bazaar. Bob's Bazaar You took like two steps. Yeah, it was so hard. (laughs) It was so hard. I just, after like Bob's Bazaar Bazaar, I started calling it. Bob's Bazaar Bazaar? Yeah. Bob's Bazaar Bazaar. Yeah. Yeah. I started calling it the BBB. Because <laughs> I was like, I can't do it. I feel like you should, you should switch the last words because a, a bazaar is like a mm-hmm. shop with a whole bunch of random things. Yeah. A bazaar, a bazaar, bazaar. <laughs> oh my gosh. So the BBB <laughs> wasn't doing so great. Sometimes he would steal or scavenge, scavenge artifacts because he wasn't making proper profit. Oh, oh my gosh, this is horrible. horrible. Bob's Bazaar Bazaar Slow just down, tortured me. Slow down. Apparently, I don't think it was doing very well because people couldn't say it. I know. <laughs> That's probably why I paused it. <laughs> so it, the little shop wasn't doing well, but the rest of his life was kind of doing well. So the booth next to his was ran by a man named Paul Howell. Howell's son Jerry would also help at the booth, and Jerry was a bit of a jerk. He and his friends would torment Bardello for mm. being a homosexual, and then he would tar- tell Bardello that he and his friends would make money as male prostitutes. So he was making fun of them for being. Gay, but then he they would tease him and be like, haha, we're male prostitutes. It was really How was weird. that teasing? Okay. Him? I don't know. It was, <laughs> ha, it was got weird. you. Ha ha, we're prostitutes. <laughs> I know. Okay. Like, you're so, not. so you're homosexual. Yeah. Well, this is all according to Ardella, too. So. Gotcha. 
Eventually, Paul relocates his shop and his family um, above a brand new store. So Jerry and Bardella eventually to decide to like maintain this weird relationship where oh. Jerry would argue with him or borrow large amounts of money. And then um, Bardella would bail him out of jail or then do stuff like, you know, ask for sexual favors because, you know, that thing. So... Or sexual flavor. I don't know what I was trying to say. They're one in the same. Basically. What's no flavor? When when I realized I said that, all I could think of was flavor, flavor, and a stupid clock. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Flavor of love. Oh. oh my god, now I'm picturing this stupid murderer with the clock on going, what's your flavor? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. That's how you know you're going to get the best <laughs> prostitute. What's your flavor? Brandon never needs another job. <laughs> Just stand in the corner in a diaper. Just... What's your flavor? <laughs> the car's going by. Damn, what's I'll, get you... him? <laughs> I'll get you a necklace. It's just a giant clock. Like, it's a wall clock, but I'll put it on a chain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it's going to take you a while to pay your bills. <laughs> that's, how I, that's what I use to time my job. <laughs> You're hurting brains that just stick up straight up in the air. I don't yeah. think that's gonna happen. No. <laughs> we'll make it happen. <laughs> so because Bob's bizarre bizarre, I did it without fucking up. Hey. Wasn't being successful. Robert was taking on more renters at his home. But at this point, his neighbors were like so used to men going in and out of his house and not staying for long periods of time that they didn't really panic about seeing new faces. You know, old faces disappearing. Right. So most of the men that were staying with him were blackmailed into sexual acts. But this was starting to not be enough for Robert. Because when he was a teenager, he watched a movie called The Collector. And in this movie, it was about a man who stalked, kidnapped, and held a woman captive in her his basement. Until she became sick and died. Oh, so no. this movie completely fascinated Bardella. And he mm. became hung up on the idea of having his own sex slave. So, on July 5th, 1984, he finally gave in to his fantasies and captured his first victim. Oh, God. Yeah. And that victim was Jerry Howell. And at this time, he was 19. And his he asked... Neighbor? Those his booth neighbor? His booth neighbor. Oh, no. So, he was 19, and he called Bardella up for a ride to go to a dance. Bardella drugged Jerry up with alcohol, Valium, and... Oh, my gosh. I'm not going to say this thing. Correctly. It's called Asoprimazine. <laughs> Asoprimazine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know, but it's a sedative that's right. it's a sedative used on animals. And of course, obviously he was sedating animals during his animal torture time, so he had oh, yeah. he's got the good shit. Yeah. And <laughs> good, good. So this is like a sedative for animals and it's like an um antipsychotic drug for humans. And he gave all of this to them while they were in his car. And then also again at his house. 
Valium alone would have knocked him out. Yeah. Valium and alcohol? Yeah, yeah plus this sedative. For like yeah. two days straight. Oh, damn. <laughs> so once Howell was passed out, he tied him to a bed where he raped him, sodomized him with vegetables, carrots and cucumbers. He was a specifically, chef. Specifically yeah. carrots and cucumbers. Yeah, that's what this one book said, was char- carrots and cucumbers. Damn. Yeah. And he's fucked. The only thing I can figure, like, he's a chef. That's what he has on him. I think it's just fucking weird. And then he beat him with a metal metal ruler. And that shit hurts. Yeah. I remember high school days, like beating each other up with metal rulers. That's not where I thought you were going with that. (laughs) (laughs) No. And he continued also to pump him full of drugs. So he's getting pumped full of drugs, beaten with rulers, raped, and sodomized. Wow. So Bardella would document all of this. Like he would write it down, like each different object he used, how the like the victim reacted. So he recorded everything. Yeah, he wrote Holy every single shit. solitary thing, like down. He would write down what, like how the victim reacted, like if they pled, if like were pleading for their life, if they were bled, if they cried, if they screamed. Like he, he literally wrote down everything. So this was like a sick science experiment. For Basically, him. yeah. And then he also would take Polaroid pictures. And he would, like, relive everything through the Polaroid pictures and also, like, eventually masturbate to these pictures. Jesus. Yeah. Howell ended, ended up dying by choking on his own vomit. And it was about 28 hours after his capture. Bordello claims that he never meant for him to die. He also claimed that he tried to do CPR but gave up and dragged Howell's body down into the basement. Okay. Yeah. Once in the basement, he hung Howell's body upside down on hooks, cut his jugular, and made several incisions by like his elbows that would start to drain all of his blood overnight into a large cooking pot. Then he dismembered the body with a chainsaw, put the body parts in trash bags, and then just left them by the curb where they were collected by the trash. He got all this from a movie. Yeah. Yeah. He literally bled them like a pig. Yeah. yeah. That's basically how he kind of described it. So Is that how he got his name? Yeah. The butcher. Butcher. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so proud of you. No. You guys all those connections. <laughs> so hard. How did he use a chainsaw without the neighbors hearing and being like what? So besides having these guys like live there, he would also sometimes hire them to do like odd jobs around his house. So remember, he didn't really keep his yard up very good. So if they heard a chainsaw, they probably just thought somebody's finally trimming his fucked up backyard. (laughs) That would be my guess. Like, I probably wouldn't think too much of it. So Paul, Jerry's dad, told police that Bardella was the last person his son was with. And Bardella swore that the last time he saw Jerry was when he was dropping him off at the dance. Now, the police believed his story since he was considered a good citizen of the community. Because remember, he started wow, neighborhood law. Yeah. He was like this head chef. He was teaching classes at the college. So they didn't really like, they were like, oh, yeah, he probably dropped him off and it disappeared. So he built this reputation for himself before he yep. went off the fucking rails. So even though they believed his story, they still put him on surveillance, but they, they didn't find anything. However, Paul was 100% thought his son's death or disappearance, because they didn't know he was dead. Sorry. They thought his di- disappearance was Bordella's fault. And his body was never found. It's in a dump somewhere. Yeah, it just, That's they're never going to find it. Yeah. 
About a year later, on April 10th, 1985, Bordella's next victim, Robert Sheldon, showed up at his house needing a place to stay. Sheldon agreed to pay rent, but by April 12th, Bordella decided that he would drug Sheldon. The weird thing was is he wasn't attracted to him. He just considered him an inconvenience. And... Okay. Yeah. And he was someone that he could express his, like, anger and frustration on. Now, Sheldon's torture was pretty horrific. Um, Bardella, at this point, decided he would try to make it so that his victims would lose all their senses. So he started putting drain cleaner in their eyes. Oh. Needles in no. their fingertips. No. Oh, no. Caulking in their ears, which, by the way, oh. fell out, and that would piss him off. He would also hit them with rubber mallets and bind their wrists and hands with piano wire. Oh. Ouch. He also decided to brand Sheldon with a tattoo on his shoulder. So one psychiatrist that I watched said that it was like he was trying to cut off all the senses, like I kind of described, and put them in like a zombie state, so that way he would have like that sex slave. So of course, Bardella documents every single bit of this torture, and took pictures of himself with the victims. Like a selfie with them? Yeah. Jesus. Polaroid style. So three days after the torture began, a workman showed up to fix the roof, and Bardella panicked. He was positive that the workman was going to see Sheldon and report him to the police, so he suffocated Sheldon with a plastic bag. Oh. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. And then, of course, he drained, dismembered, and disposed of the body in the trash. However, this time he decided to keep his head. First, he put it in the freezer for like a trophy, but eventually he decided to bury it in the garden in his backyard. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's messed up. I don't understand why, like, a lot of people bury their victims' heads in the backyard. I mean, I kind of, like, the psychiatrist person basically explained it, like, oh, you can only identify somebody by their head, and so that's why they do it. And I'm like, okay, but I don't know. It seems weird to me. Yeah. Two months later, in June, Bardella takes on another victim. This one's Mark Wallace. Wallace had been helping out Bardella around the house, mostly mowing, doing other odd jobs. And during a thunderstorm, Wallace gets drunk and hides in the tool shed. And that's where Bardella finds him. He convinces Wallace to come inside. And he's kind of super wound up from the storm and drunk. And Bardella decides to shoot him up with some drugs in order to calm him down and relax him. Because drugs calm everyone down. And yeah. why not? Is that Drano too? Um, well, we were not there yet. <laughs> oh, God. So, weirdly, Wallace agrees to it, but then, of course, you know, it he overdoses him and puts, you know, sedates him and captures him and turns right. him into the next victim. So, the torture of this victim included alligator clips attached to his nipples to send electric shocks. Ooh. Yeah. Thank you. See that shit in movies, though. And Like... Apparently he did so too. the really crappy thing about this, like if could, because of, and I'll explain it at the end. But anyways, the Polaroids get out, and there's a picture of this poor guy, like electric shocked, and it's pretty. It looks pretty horrible, and it's like right there. If you like super Google it, which is terrible, like you'll see the victims like right away, and it's so sad. Jesus. Yeah. Um. He also inserted hyperdermic needles into various muscles on his back. Ugh. Ugh. Nope. 
Mark tried to escape, but Bardella found him after he had gotten off work on the floor in the bedroom. So, of course, Bardella just sedates Mark some more, rapes him, and beats him with the mallet. On June 23rd, 1985, at 7 p.m., Bardella stated in his journal that there were no signs of life from Wallace. And like the previous victims, Wallace was drained, cut up, left in black garbage bags um, by the curb. Wow. Again. Yeah, I know. This, this guy, guy is crazy. This guy looks like just a normal, average Joe. He's got, like, really big glasses and a nice mustache. and Yeah. He just looks real normal. Yeah, he just looks like kind of like a dad. Honestly, mm-hmm. usually it's the creepy. serial killers that get away with it for a long time, they just look like normal people and they blend into society. Like and Bundy. That's like that's why they don't get caught for so long because people are like, oh no, they're just a normal person. They're a good person, good guy, good husband. Like that's always how they're described. Wow. Ardella's fourth victim was James Ferris, who he picked up on September twenty sixth, nineteen eighty five, from a bar. He had talked to Ferris earlier in the day about staying at his house for a bit. He claimed that this was his first victim that he actually planned on torturing. So the others were just like an opportunity of convenience kind of thing. At least that's what he claims. And this one he just planned out. Like he was like, oh, yep, I'm going to bring home this guy and drug him up. So he brought Ferris home and drugged him up. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Once he was unconscious, um, Bordello tied Ferris up to a bed and began torturing him for the next 27 hours. He is being electrocuted during this time, but instead of just on the nipples, he's also electrocuting his testicles. No. Yep. No. 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 (laughs) No. Sorry. (laughs) That's that's what's happening. No. This is so brutal. I know. Fuck. Yeah. Um. He raped him. Hit him with the mallet. Keep in mind, he's still putting the Drano in people's eyes, talking in their ears, all of that stuff. Mm. Um, he also is now trying ketamine, which is a hallucinogen, and acupuncture to the testicles. He was, like, really torturing this guy's testicles. So, when he's not oh, electrocuting cool. him, he's now stabbing them with little needles. Oh, I'm just no. waiting for Brandon to react some more to this. That's fucked up. Yeah, so, surprisingly, this guy dies. He's um, dismembered in the bathroom, bagged up in trash bags, and left for the garbage bin. Again. Now, Ferris's wife reports him missing, and he knew, she knew that he was going to Bordellas because um, his wife and, um, well, James Ferris and his wife, they would sometimes stay with Bordella on occasion, yeah. and I think they kind of had, like, some kind of weird love triangle thing. Gotcha. Yeah. And so it wasn't like... Like she, like when he was telling her that she he was going there, like she wasn't overly surprised. It was like, oh, okay, well, go do your thing with him and get us some money. So for drugs, basically. So this was the second time Bardella was questioned in the disappearance of a Kansas City man. The second time that Bardella is put under surveillance. However, the police just couldn't find anything, so there was no way for them to further the investigation. What the fuck? Yeah, and this kind of, in my opinion, was what caused Bardella to have a bit of a cool down period. So, during this cool-down period, even though he wasn't, like, murdering anybody for the next year, he was getting known as kind of a creepster with the male prostitutes. Like, they were all, like, really cautious of him because he was getting, like, super aggressive. 
So he like enjoyed abusive sex, which <clears throat> kind of makes sense since every time he was raping people, he was hitting them with rulers and mallets. Mm-hmm. So, but like I said, his cool down period only lasted about a year. So on June 17th, 1986, Rodello ran into one of his former renters, and this was Todd Stoops. Stoops. Yep. This is his fourth victim. Yeah. Oh gosh. So Todd was a drug addict who was a sometimes prostitute. And, um, oh, him and his wife lived with Bardella, too. Okay. What is <laughs> he, you know, a lot of his victims were people he knew and, like, rented from him. So, I mean, they were easy targets for him. Because, like, I described yeah, because, I mean, were... hey, take these drugs. They'd be like, <laughs> sure, yeah. I know you. I'll do that. So on the night that um, Todd told Bardella... Or Todd called Bardella up on the night that he disappeared and was like, hey, I need $13 for drugs. And Bardella's like, yeah, I'll give you the money, but we're, you know, got to do sexual favors for me. Right. So once again, Bardella lures his victim into his house, drugs him, ties him up, and starts torturing him. Todd's a little bit different than the other victims because Bardella was, like, super attracted to him. So he wanted to keep him longer than everybody else. No. Yeah. Oh. Todd survived two weeks of torture. No. Which was, like, super extreme kind of torture. Because not only was he injecting, like, the Drano into his eyes, he was now trying to eject it into his larynx so that he would become... He tried the electric shock on his eyes to blind him. And not only, like, did he have the other, like, mallet, he would also be beat with a whip. So he just got, like... Yeah. For two weeks. Yeah. Just... So, his death, this is, like, the one of the most gruesome deaths, so I'll get into it. If you guys want to skip ahead, I understand. But um, his death was horrific, because on June 27th, Bardello ruptures uh, Todd's anal wall with his fist. This eventually caused septic shock, and he would die on July 1st. So, <laughs> like, four or five days later. Oh, jeez. You think that he would get treated better since he was more to attracted him? to him, but he got kind worse. Of, like, but so he wanted much to keep worse. him around more. Yeah, I mean, he kept him for two full weeks. Which I don't know how the guy didn't die from all the all drug- the, no. yeah, yeah. The and all the drugs that he was pumping. Electrocution, in the eyeball electrocution. Ugh. I can't even see somebody like I can't even witness somebody put like their contacts in because my eyes will start to water let alone electrocute someone's eyeballs trying to blind them yeah like that's absolutely ridiculous that's insane i feel so bad for that guy so like bardella's other victims he took notes of the torture but this time he took a significantly larger amount of photos of troops he also of course did the cutting up the body and leaving the garbage bags for the trash now, Bardella waited another year before choosing his next victim, and this was Larry Wayne Pearson. And he met this person at his shop. So Pearson would tell Bella, Bardella about his fascination which, with witchcraft and wizardry. So they, they struck up a conversation about this a lot, and they eventually developed into friendship. And so because of this friendship, Bardella would be like, hey... Did you want to live here? Do you want to do some chores around the house? It'll be rent free. So of no. course Pearson's like, do yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, no, this is his buddy. He has witchcraft and wizardry conversations about. 
like Harry Potter shit. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> but before Harry Potter existed. So it would be like, I'm guessing, I'm picturing kind of like Lord of the Rings conversation. There's no witch. Is there witchcraft? Or... No. Not There's really. wizards. Yeah. Yeah, there is. A little bit. A little bit. So, they talked about Gandalf. <laughs> so, so Bardella hadn't planned on making Pearson his next victim but it sounded like he basically pissed Bardella off and because he pissed him off um, it led to that so how he made him wed was because on June 23rd Pearson ends up in jail he asked Bardella to bail him out and on the way home Pearson starts bragging about stealing from gay men in Wichita and this joking, like, just set Bordell off. And that pretty much sealed his fate. What? Did he kill him on June 23rd? Uh, no, he, no, he just bailed him out of jail. And that's when he decided, I'm going to turn you into my next sex slave. Now I have a connection to my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Guess what else happened on my birthday? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The Kansas City Butcher claimed his seventh victim. <laughs> this one's number six. Oh. <coughs> I tried. <laughs> Still six too many. I know. Yeah. So Bardella waited until uh, Pearson was drunk and then injected him with a tranquilizer. He then chained him up in the basement where he began his torture. Bardella said Pearson was the most cooperative captive. He held him for six weeks. Oh, my God. No. What? That's nuts. Yeah. He went through um, what the other victims did. He went through the Drano, the rape, the sodomy, the electric shock, all of it. And he even broke his hands with an iron rod. You would have to think, like, after a week with all the Drano and shit, that you would just, you would go blind and, and whatnot. Yeah, I have no so idea. You... I feel like they had to have been... Blind. After the first Drano attempt. Yeah, you know, first or second. I feel like they would have had no vision left because their eyes would have been so damaged. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... It doesn't really... At one point, I, I don't think it's... No, it's not this one. But we'll get to it. But I don't think it 100% blinded them. We'll get to... The, I get at you. the victim after this one, you'll find out. So once um, Bardella felt that Pearson was earning his trust, he moved him from the basement up to the second floor. And he told Pearson if he continued to cooperate, the torture would be less painful. But after six weeks of torture, Pearson couldn't take it anymore and bit into Bardella's penis during oral sex. <gasps> yeah. Good. Like, he bit <laughs> that bitch. Like, we're that talking like bitch. Chunk. Like... Yeah, like good, but I know that that had to. He got killed for that. I'm sure. That's foreshadowing, right there. <laughs> no so, Bardella had to call a taxi to take him take him to the hospital. And while he was waiting for the taxi, he gets a tree limb and beats Pearson unconscious. Then he gets a bag and suffocates him. Yeah. yeah. He while he's waiting for the taxi, he realizes like basically um, that. It's it's summer, because like you said, yeah. we're close to your birthday. He was like, I have to cool down the house because the body's going to decompose while I'm at the hospital. So he literally, like, would had turned his air conditioning, like, way down so that the house wouldn't smell. Because he didn't know how long he was going to end up in the hospital. Jesus. So when he got back from the hospital, he dismembered Pearson's body. But he kept the head for this guy. 
Yeah, in his freezer, and then eventually buried it in his backyard. Again. Well, no, this is where it gets weirder. So when he buried Pearson's head, he was like, oh, I can't have two heads in my backyard. I need to remove Robert's head. <laughs> so he put it in his front yard. <laughs> no, he, he brought it in his house. And he just, like, set the skull up in his, like, closet, cleaned it up, removed his teeth, put him in envelopes. <laughs> this was a fuck? gift from one of my pen pals. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, basically, like, it was... And the thing was, it's like, you're right, like, people wouldn't think anything of it because... He was like, he had his own Bizarre Bizarre. Bizarre Bizarre. <laughs> so, Bardella's final victim was on March 29th, 1988. Bardella picks up Christopher Bryson, a prostitute that had promised money in exchange for sex. So, this time, instead of tranquilizing him, uh, he just smacks him on the head with an iron bar, knocking him unconscious. That'll do it. That'll do it. He was like, drugs? We don't need drugs. Let me just whack him on the head. <laughs> so there was the usual torture. But he, chain, he changed it up again. Because, you know, he apparently he wanted to try something different than Drano. So he used ammonia in his eyes. Ew. Oh, yeah. that would. Yeah. He was also willing to negotiate the torture as he grew to trust Bryson. So he wasn't like, it was kind of weird. Like from what I understand, he would like negotiate it based on like sexual abuse. So like he would tell Bryson like, Hey, others are dead because of the mistakes they made. So then like, he would be like, okay, well, what can I do different for you? Kind of thing. So he was like, kind of like bargaining his Mm -hmm. torture. So by the third day, Bryson established enough trust with Bardella that he would tie Bryson's hands up in front of him instead of above his head like the rest of the victims. And he let him have a television with a remote control. Oh, that's nice of him. Yeah. How thoughtful. (laughs) I know. So the next day, Bardella accidentally left a box of matches near Bryson, who then used them to burn the restraints. Yeah. So... Bryson, wearing only a dog collar, he's completely naked, and he's wearing a dog collar, leaps from the second story of the window to escape. Hot. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 No, this is what's crazy. Outside is a meter reader for, like, the power company. <laughs> Can you imagine that poor guy? There's oh this naked God. man running around with a dog collar. Jumps out the second yeah. story window. God, Paul thought he was seeing things. Like, <laughs> what the hell do you do? Well, like, this guy was like, oh my God, because like he sees it, you know, and I'm thinking that. You don't want to call the cops right away because you don't know if it's like, okay, they're, ha- they're having a strange, you know, interaction up there. Right. Well, he takes... I would be so concerned with that perspective. Come on, just hop in the company vehicle. No, I will drop you off. At the, I will drop you off at the police station. No. He and you can hang like, out at the police station. Like, because... nobody knew what to do with this guy. So he literally took him to the neighbors, and the neighbor was like, oh, hell no, you're not coming to my house. And then the guy was like, uh, I'm not taking you anywhere. So they finally, like, Bryson eventually convinced him that... To just call the police. Like, he'll tell the police the story. Just call them. And so they left him standing naked on the front porch of this neighbor's house <laughs> while they called the police. <laughs> they couldn't give him, like, a towel? Apparently nothing. not. The dog collars are not covered. 
So Bryce then tells the police about the torture, rape, and abuse he was receiving at the hands of Bordello. The responding officers thought that this was going to be just a kidnapping and unlawful restraint and maybe like some sex crimes. So the two officers just remained behind to serve, you know, do surveillance on Bordello when he returned home while they sent Bryce into the hospital. In the hospital, Bryson tried to explain to the police that Bordello had showed him Polaroids of the men that he'd been torturing, and some of them appeared to be deceased. He also told police that Bordello had said that he um, was had a collection of failed sex slaves, so he knew like there had to be more victims than just him. Yeah. Police were able to get a search warrant that day for the pop- property based off of what uh, Bryson was telling them. Good. Yeah. And it was a good thing because when Bardella was arrested, um, at this point it was only for the sexual abuse and he had declined to let the police search his home. So, yeah. Doesn't matter. We had a warrant. Pitch. Yeah. They were basically like, uh, no. I was like, hmm, too, too bad. We didn't ask for your permission. <laughs> right. And so when the police got there, they kick in the door and they find out he's a hoarder. There's dog feces everywhere, clutter, filth. It's just oh, like... God, he had dogs. Yeah. Oh. I think he forgot he had dogs. Right. <laughs> That's why I yeah. got so bad. Yeah, it stank. So it was, it was gross. It was, yeah. There's pictures of the inside of his house, too. It was nasty. We'll so, throw those in the Facebook post. Every time I say there's pictures, the like Kayla's over there like, I gotta Google, I gotta well, Google. I found, I found the pictures. There's a website, a Murderpedia website, um... That shows the Polaroids of his victims, and it is... It's sad. Very disturbing. Yeah. I saw the pictures of the guy with the holes in his... No, no, no. Yeah, it's sad. Not looking that up. So, they find the torture devices that Bryson described in the bedroom, which included the electroshock machine that Bardella made himself. They also find 334 Polaroid pictures. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that's what the police used to help identify um, the victims. So they would show the Polaroids to the family members. No. Yeah. That's they, they found Bardella's detailed notes of the torture um, that he was conducting on. They also like, used luminol in the house and found blood spatter like everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And like everywhere. And I think the largest mounts were obviously in the trash cans where he was leaving the out at the curb. Yeah. I mean, it would have been everywhere because he was beating them and yeah. splattering mm-hmm. blood everywhere. Every time he beat them, then bleeding them out. And... So they found a chainsaw with blood, flesh, and hair on it, and they found the skull in the closet. They found human vertebrae and teeth in the envelope. <sighs> so during one of the searches, an officer noticed like one section was a little bit greener. The grass was. It was like a little bit different color. And so he decided to bring in a backhoe, and that's when they their sense. So Bardello was not cooperative at all with the police. And they would ask him for things, and he was like, nope, ain't gonna do it. Nope, nope. Not, it's not happening. He evoked his right to remain silent, and he was eventually held in contempt of court for not providing handwriting samples to compare it to his torture notes. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he it was, was just in his like, house, so. Yeah. He fucked, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. They decided to charge Badella with the murder of Larry Pearson first, because that's the one that had the most evidence. I mean, his head was still on the property. So, to everyone's shock, Bardella pled guilty. This was a strategic move 
on Bardella's defense team because this meant that he would not be getting a death sentence. And that's what they wanted. Wow. Mm -hmm. The five remaining charges, Bardella did plead uh, a deal. And he basically was like, look, I'll confess to the murders if you won't pursue the death penalty. So on December 19th, 1988, Bardella received two life sentences for first degree and four conditional life sentences for secondary. The reason why is because only two of them he technically murdered. The other four was like, oops, I didn't mean to kill you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I I just tortured you to death, basically. Yeah. And he was like, I really didn't mean to kill them, but I did kill two. I swear I was going to let him go. Yeah. uh, Yeah. They died of natural causes. (laughs) Yeah. Ruptured anus is natural causes. (laughs) It's probably not natural causes. It's still murder, just it's accidental murder. Yeah. So he only served four years because on October 8th, 1992, the fucker had a heart attack. God no. damn it. Four God years. God damn it. Yeah. Four years and he died. Yeah. How old was he? Huh? He was born in 49. Yeah, and it was 92. So You're making me do math. 53. Two plus two, guys. 53. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. All right. <laughs> I'm so glad we could do math. What year was he born? 49. <laughs> It was 43. 43. Yeah. <laughs> he was young. You were close. Yeah. 53 is very close. So um, here's some of the weird stuff with the case. So a local businessman bar- bought Bardella's home, and then he also bought the police evidence. I thought this was weird. But okay. basically what happens is in a case, if let's say um, they decide to do a civil suit against okay. him, you know, for like a wrong for death, like families do. Um, the lawyers can then ask for police evidence for these cases. And as long as it's no longer in a criminal trial, they can release some of that information. And that's what happened. And then after a period of time, though, that evidence can end up getting auctioned. And that's what happened. Oh. The Polaroids. And yeah. It everything? was different. So somebody has purchased. What the kind of it's sick a- person yeah. purchases murder evidence? People that are interested in murder. Yeah, and the families found this out and were pissed. No. They, like, went to the evening news. The police got involved. Like, um, there was... And there was literally nothing anyone could do. I mean, they tried to even get these websites taken down because they were trying to sell some of this stuff for, like, thousands of dollars. Oh, my gosh. Jesus. Yeah. Um, when That's disgusting. Yeah. I thought it was just the most... I I not heard of that with a, a murder child mm-hmm. before. So I thought this was like completely what different. Stopped doing that. I you know I'm not 100 percent positive because I think this was a little bit more like recent. This part of it, the house is no longer there. They tore it down. Knew it. I looked Called it up it. on Google Maps. It's not there. It's a driveway and a vacant lot. Yeah, it's a it's a vacant lot, which is probably a good thing. And um, like I said, like the other weird thing is that this. this the evidence is going up for sale and it's selling for like thousands of dollars and they're trying yeah. to figure out how to get you know get it to like like i know like i saw a video somewhere where they were showing that they had ted bundy's actual glasses mm-hmm. and stuff like that so i, I think they can still auction off i don't stuff know what people want once the case items. is closed well people would sell um 
John Wayne Gacy, I think it was, used to paint yeah. in prison, and he would sell his paintings, and people would buy those paintings for hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't know why people are, like, so dedicated to these murderers that they just buy their like stuff and give them money. It's like, stop it. Jesus. All right. Well, on a lighter note, let's do a dumb crime of the day. Yes. Yes, let's get so, get this shit out of our head. <laughs> One of actually multiple listeners of ours um requested that uh we look for something from a Walmart sale. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and God. um there's plenty of them there's tons and too many i i remember I that lady fun. that got arrested with the pringles that had wine in it like she, <laughs> yeah, she I, put wine was... in the pringles and she drank it she got arrested and trespassed yeah she was, was like, like a mark all car. over the news and shit she was driving a mark car yeah and oh, we were like joking cards. around like did she get a dui for driving a mark car <laughs> i see the title of this <laughs> <I'm ready. laughs> all right you ready Okay. Now, picture yourself at Walmart. No. Okay. You're, you're minding your own he business. crying. <laughs> you're, mind, you're minding your own business. Okay. And you're in the dairy section. You're going to pick up, you know, milk for your cereal. Some almond milk. Yep. Almond I'm milk. Marty there. Marty there. And then an 18-year-old man dressed as a cow. <laughs> yes. Jesus. Excuse me, what? Dressed as a cow. Oh. Picture a black and white dairy cow, the pink udders, just <laughs> flap it in the wind. Yes. Hot. But wind? <laughs> wind from what? Walmart. The lady next to <laughs> He uh, pushes a cart up there and does what any cow would do and steal back what's rightfully his. He put 26 gallons of milk. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> in, in his shopping cart. <laughs> <laughs> And he doesn't just push it out the door. He crawls it out the door like a cow. Oh. <laughs> On all fours. On all fours. She tied a string to the tail to the, to the car. No. Sir, stop. No. Sir, stop. I'm calling the police. No. He throws a gallon of milk at him. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he... Uh, he uh, then decided to just hand the milk out to passerbys. What? Yeah. As a, yeah. As a cow does. As a cow. You know, free milk. Yeah. That's. Oh, man. He didn't milk. He didn't make people, you know. He didn't milk the udders. Okay. That's a weird kink. Meow. Like a meow. It's all like gay. Okay, so it gets it gets better. Um, so of course the police are reported or called in. They they were able to identify him because the cow costume didn't cover his face. <laughs> and of course, like any very intelligent criminal, he left the costume in his car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And when they asked him why he did this, and he said he he simply wanted to spread the joy of calcium. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Drug bones. <laughs> Is that a crime? <laughs> the police officers keep a straight face. I'm trying to deal with this person, not be like, you know what? Just go home. Just go home. <laughs> I don't know if he stole any chocolate milk. <laughs> I, I don't know. I want to know. Was he a brown cow? 
Did he steal the hole or skim? <laughs> I feel like hole would be the most, you know, uh, 2%. cow. 2%. Did he get 1%? 2%? Yeah, like one of each. <laughs> some buttermilk, a little bit of ice cream. Ew. Here's some calcium. <laughs> Chug this heavy cream. <laughs> All right. So what state was that? Oh, God. Um... That's that's like super crazy. Is it Ohio again? <laughs> no. <I'm> literally <laughs> Is it Texas? No. Um I'm gonna guess. Oh man. California. Why not? I'm gonna go with They have happy cows in California. It would not happen there. No. Kentucky. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Louisiana. They all had two guesses. You want to give it another shot? Oh, time? I guess. Um, is, is it somewhere like near us? Mm, no. no. No? I'm, I'm going to guess North Carolina. Okay. Brandon was the closest. Maybe. <laughs> oh, no. It's not Florida Maybe. again, is it? No. It's okay. Virginia. Ooh. Really? Yeah. He's close. yeah. <laughs> Virginia. We have one listener in Virginia. Hey! Hey, you're like, crazy. There's two in Virginia. If either of you are the cow, please let us know. <laughs> we would love to interview you. Yeah. Please leave a Just comment on our Facebook. If Virginia. you know the cow, if the if cow you know is of a cousin, it's from the <laughs> next town over. It's your like cow. <laughs> oh, God. Let us know. What's he doing now? Yeah. <laughs> He's a successful he businessman. He's a dairy farmer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, what if he got his own little cows and named one like Wally and the other one Mart? Wally Martin. <laughs> Wally and Martin. <laughs> oh I love it. Wally and Martin the cows. <laughs> Wally Martin. Oh shit. I mean he lives close to Millie the pig, so <laughs> god damn all right well <sighs> be sure to subscribe to our instagram at a beer crime a tale check out our facebook a beer crime a tale where we post our newest episodes up there subscribe to our podcast for more next week oh and weirdly i just threw my phone but <laughs> if you download our podcast that would be epic oh yeah besides just yeah. listening to it if you download it we get a little bit more uh Street cred on our little site. Yeah. Street cred. We need street, street cred. cred. <laughs> I don't know why you need street cred, but that's why I feel like we need. You always need street cred. <laughs> that way, you know, when we run into all the other podcasters, we'd be like, what's your street cred? We have like 10 downloads. <laughs> I've got 50. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.